the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Great to be with you today on this fine afternoon, wherever you may be. You can give a call and join the conversation by calling 888-528-2557. And, uh, you know, I hope uh, things are going well for you. I'm trying to avoid, I'm not going to talk about this too much in the context of uh, the the results of this. We're going to be, we're going to be heavy into it a year from now, I think. But the the presidential race in 2024, uh, I'm not really wanting to talk about that, but there's a lot of things going on. And one of the things that I'm interested with in that is the issues that are already being thrown out there about this is what I will do. And yesterday and today, Ron DeSantis, who has not yet announced that he's going to run for office, I think he's going to run for president. I think he's going to wait till, uh, you know, the, till uh, June or July, August this summer. I think he's got plenty of time because everybody knows who he is. Uh, other than Donald Trump, he's the most well-known person who will be running on the Republican side. By then, Joe Biden will have made a decision one day or another. It sounds like Joe Biden's going to run. I'm still shocked at that. I still think maybe not, but it uh, sounds like he's going to. Anyway, it's not really about that as much as this issue. This is uh, some of what uh, Ron DeSantis had to say today. Once again, he has not announced that he's running for president, but I think he is. And uh, he is touting his record in Florida. But what, I, what I'm getting at here is the the social and cultural issues that I think we will be talking about openly. This is Ron DeSantis. I mean, look, you have and this is sad, but this is going on. You're having in our in our society, they're giving teenagers, kids, puberty blockers. They're changing their they're doing sex change operations. And so we actually have very you know young adults who went through this when they were minors. And they're saying this is a huge mistake. And in fact, it's not evidence-based when you start talking about sex changes and puberty blockers. So we've worked through our department or our um, medical licensing board to say that you in the state of Florida, if you're performing uh, those procedures um, on these minors, uh, you're going to lose your medical license here in Florida. So that is happening. He went on to announce some other decisions they're making in Florida. And um, here's here's what I'm really reaching at here. And this is what I want you to think about. When it comes to this particular issue, the the transgender or gender issues and all the things that are a part of it, the, the men in the women's sports or the guys in the ladies locker room and the the gender surgeries or transitions or uh, different procedures that are being done on minors in particular, I think all that is going to be very much a part of the debate coming up next year. I think that's going to be very open and something that I think we got to do. I think, and here's the question I've got for you. Where does this go? Like in, I don't mean presidentially with the election, regardless of who you might be for or those kinds of things. Where does this issue take us? The issue of multiple genders, men in the ladies locker room, men in world sport, or trans men who call themselves trans women, 
who are in there. And where does this go? Like, what is going to happen? The reason I'm asking that is because I think it's a great practice for any of us in our life with whatever the issue is in our own personal life, but also in the life of a nation or in a society or your church or your business to really ask where where is the logical conclusion of this path that we're on, especially when it's a path that no one's walked down before, which is this path. All right. And what I like to tell people is if you want to know where you're going, just take a look at the path you're on. What does the road sign say? Where am I headed? You know, if you are somebody who is abusing drugs and you're taking heroin or something and you do this on a regular basis, which I think you do it once, you're, you're an addict, I think is how it's supposed to be. You know, one of the things you got to ask yourself if you're going to be wise is, well, what road am I on? You know, where does this go? I used to have a bunch of people at church who were um, heroin addicts. Most of them were sober. Most of them hadn't been in doing heroin for a long time. Uh, and they all sat in the same row and they supported each other. It was great. It's awesome, awesome group of people. They love Jesus. They got saved. They given their life to him. There's one guy who really struggled, though, to give it up. And what he believed was that he could take a certain amount of heroin and be just fine, that it would never kill him, that he, his, he actually told me once that his body chemistry was made differently than other people, and that's why he can put up with it. That's one of the dumb things a person tells themselves when they have some kind of addiction to something, okay? And we would plead with him to stop. His friends would plead to him. We prayed with him. And he kind of just got into this place where it's like, no, I can take it. No, I can take it. Um, and I would say to him, the path that you're on leads to death. It doesn't lead anywhere else. There is nobody out there who has figured out how to do this long term and been any good for it. Uh, You will either get off of this or you will die. And I had this conversation with him. I said, those are your two choices. You can stop and you can get help. You've got all these friends. You've got us. There's support for you to help. And or you, you can do that or you are going to die. And that's when he told me that he could deal with it differently because his body chemistry was different. Anyway, he died of a drug overdose. And it was very sad. It was not at all surprising. And the reason it was not surprising is because that's the path he was on. That's the road he was taking. Heroin Avenue leads to death. That's where it goes, period. End of story. Uh, So you can ask that question, I think, with most things in our life. You know, there are obviously things that intersect the road and you get knocked off on another road. You can get into the complications of it. But insofar as the decisions that you're able to make or the decisions that we collectively make as a society, what road are we on? Where does this go when it comes to the issues of sexuality and the new discussions about gender and things like that? Where is this going to go? Where do you think this goes 10 years from now? So forget about Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or whoever, Joe Biden, all those people like 10 years from now, those guys are out of the picture. Probably. Maybe you got to go 15 for Ron DeSantis. He's young. But anybody who maybe who's in the political field today, all these people who might be uh, leaders, uh, Governor Newsom, whoever you might be thinking of, at some point they're gone. Where does this go? Uh, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. I'm asking that because I think it's vital that we we ask that question if we're going to do something to stop it. Because where I think it's going to go is also mass, mass death. I think that this does not go anywhere good for our kids who are getting this instruction. I think that it perverts the the way life actually is, the way God has made the universe. Or if you don't believe in God, just the way the universe has made the universe or whatever you believe. I think that there are things that are ontologically true, that you can't change them, and that you can't change 
male and female in the biological world. You just can't. And you can make up a bunch of genders and make up a bunch of things because, you know, I am attracted to women who wear orange and only one shoe and don't match their socks. And suddenly I have some new kind of gender I am. Like a hundred genders, a hundred different things. And you can just sort of whatever it is that you're you know, into or however you want to define yourself, suddenly you define yourself that way and you suddenly have rights. And suddenly the society is supposed to change around you. See, that's the, here's the difference. Listen to this. This is what's happening in our culture today, okay? Science. We, we've talked about science a lot the last few years. Remember when the COVID started, oh, let's follow the science. And I think some people followed the science for a while, uh, then they got off that train. And it's difficult for people, I think, to follow the science when there's actual research being done, because real science is this. And I don't think it's just limited to science. I think it is something that we should, with humility, even look at our own decisions with whatever it is. Is But in science, you have something that is supposed to be self-skeptical, meaning that when you put out results of a study or you have a scientific theory or you've done research and it has produced a certain result or something that you think is um, accurate, a good scientist will be skeptical of those results. That's why you hand the studies out to you know, other groups of people, and it's called peer, peer-reviewed studies. It's you give it to other people to say, check the math. Did I carry the one? Did I do what I'm supposed to do? And if that's operating in a way that's healthy, people will discover that because they're being skeptical on purpose. That's, that's an important thing. You know, I think one of the problems that we have when we discuss climate change or global warming or things like that is at some point it left science, the, the political you know, conversation left the science world and we started saying things like, uh, this is settled science. And you kind of go, well, maybe there's a consensus with certain things and maybe most people believe, but settled science, does that mean no one's investigating this anymore? We've just decided we've grabbed the scientific brass ring and we understand all there is to know about it. And I think real scientists would say, no, it's not settled science. There's Even if we're pretty convinced this is the way it went, there's still things to learn. There's still things to study. And history has shown us that sometimes we undo things that we think that we know because later on we discover something else. We used to think, you know, we used to not understand germs and how germs worked. There are presidents, one or two, McKinley and Garfield, and Garfield for sure I think is in this boat, where if his doctor, they were both shot and assassinated ultimately, they lived a short time though, um, they died of infection that if that were to happen to them today, both of them probably would have survived. One of the reasons they died of infection is because their particular doctors didn't believe in germ theory, which was a new idea, and thought that trying to remove the bullet with his dirty, uncleaned hands was actually a better technique than washing your hands with soap and having uh, things sterilized and things like that. See, we, we learn over time, and that's good. And I think with our own life, we have to be self-skeptical. Uh, about really looking at our motives. This is why, you know, when Jesus is speaking with people, in particular the Pharisees or other people, the Scriptures tell us that he saw into their hearts. He really knows where they're coming from. He really, Jesus really knows this about us, right? He knows where we're coming from with things. He knows how we're lying to ourselves if we are. He knows what our motivations are that might be obscuring the truth or facts or information that we really need to have to make a wise decision. God knows that. And if we're self-skeptical, we're going to investigate our thinking. 
What's changed is that the world that we live in today is moving to a world of not being self-skeptical, but instead being self-certain, meaning that I feel this way, I believe this to be right, and therefore I'm right. And if you disagree with me, you're wrong, and worse, you're a bad person. And so if you're skeptical of my theory on gender or my theory on something else, um, in the old days, well, that would have been fine. We'll keep doing research, and we can agree to disagree. Today, it's not fine. You know, if you're skeptical about these things, you're not allowed to ask questions. Um, you're a bad person. And that makes things super complicated. Where is this going? You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. And I'm asking the question, where do you see this going? What's going to happen with this conversation, and in particular gender uh, stuff? Uh, people changing their gender, uh, trans men in women's sports, uh, naked guys in the bathrooms that uh, like has happened in Santee and happens in some school districts here and there, who are being supported, by the way, by law, by the law that basically if you identify a certain way, then that's who you are. It's really interesting. So the guy, if you're not familiar with the story, the guy who was uh, in a Santee YMCA a couple of weeks ago, naked man in there, a 17-year-old woman complained girl, I should say. I mean, she's a woman. She's 17, but she's not legally. She's still a minor. She complained, and she did not feel safe because he was in there. Well, the YMCA sided with the guy uh, because of California laws. The thing is, is that it's because the guy identifies as a woman. Now, the thing is, is the same guy in the same situation, if he actually said, no, I'm a guy, well, then he's going to get arrested for doing exactly the same thing. And there's no test for this, by the way. I mean, there is a test to see whether or not you're a man or a woman that happens at birth, uh, and you, you carry that with you unless you have one of these surgeries. But if, you, if, you're, if your deal is you can just call yourself whatever, well, then there's nobody to prove anything. Where does this go? There is an interesting article that was in the New York Times last week, an opinion piece, and it is discussing the idea of Facebook and Instagram are now having an internal debate, and the and we, by the way, uh, I'll take your calls here in a second. The number is 888-528-2557. This conversation might be uncomfortable for some of you, and I understand that, but I have to tell you, one of the reasons I bring it up in the, in the context of even people who are running for president or probably running for president is that this is going to be a national out loud discussion, and the church cannot decide this is inappropriate for us to discuss. See what I'm saying? I used to teach once in a while from, uh, still do, uh, the book of Song of Solomon, which is a 3,000-year-old book, and it's about love, sex, and dating, and it has, it's very graphic uh, sexually. In the context of marriage, if you want to know why God reserves sexual relations for marriage, that book tells you. It really does. And it's a great book, particularly for young single people to really study. It's good for anybody to study, but it's meant for people ultimately before you get married so that you understand how this works. All right. There are some people who don't think that book should be taught. There are people who say that that book, Christian people who say, wow, that book uh, is just an allegory of Jesus and the church. It is. And one of the greatest examples of the gospel is in that book. It really is. However, when you read that book and you read what those words are and these lovers talking to each other and the way they're attracted and the way they go on dates and the way they do stuff on the honeymoon and they do stuff later when they're married, it's very clear that that book is describing 
sexual activity between married people. It's explicit, it is open, and it's in your Bible. And yes, when I teach that, we send the kids out of the room, but grown-ups need to be able to discuss this because it's being discussed everywhere else on the planet except the church. And we have got to be better at this. All right, 888-528-2557. Let me get to a call here. Um, Randy in Santa Clarita, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott, hi, how are you? I'm good, Randy, how are you? Good, good, good. Uh, I, I think it's a, it's a very interesting topic that you are discussing. Can you hear me? I don't want to turn my radio up too high. Yeah, keep your radio turned down and just speak uh, clearly. I can hear you okay. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, just to, to answer your question, I just think that, you know, uh, the Bible actually puts it very plainly uh, what's going to happen in the direction that we're going in if uh, we don't say no, uh, and that is the wage of the sin is death. And it, it just doesn't, you know, typically when we think of death, we think of physical death. I think that that's, that's ultimate, but it's, I think it's going to bring death to uh other things like death to relationships and families to just various types of, of uh, life within this, within this system. So it's going to affect a whole lot of things. Uh, just a, and I think it will also create other, you know, excuses, if you will, for, for crazy things. And when I say excuses, what I mean by that is, for example, you have, uh, you know, they, People want to say that you're born that way. Well, I I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if two, three, four, five, six years later, you'll have um, serial rapists or serial killers that they'll say, "Hey, I was born this way," or "This happened to me," or "That happened to me." So as a result, I am now this way because of this. And so, are we going to excuse that as well and let that be? You know what I mean? How how extreme? can this thing get is really, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where people, I think, uh, like what you just said, people are saying, nah, people aren't going to excuse murder and this and that, but you know, uh, maybe it takes some time, but we seem to be headed in the direction of being okay with the murder of babies who are born alive after a botched abortion, right? The Congress just voted, uh, uh, against a law that would, or most of the people in Congress voted against a law uh, that would require doctors to care for a baby that was born alive in a botched abortion. And you go, well, you know, that hardly ever happens. And, it's, you know, there's a lot of politics in that issue and all that. Okay, that's fine. Except that why wouldn't you just vote for that? Why wouldn't you say no, regardless of all the politics that's involved with all of this and the differences of philosophy? Right. Uh, we're not in favor of killing born babies, regardless of how what the situation was, right? And so I think people, we should be aware when we ask the question, and I, I thank you, Randy, for your call very much. When we ask the question, where is this going? We have to look at the road we're on. And, and here's a question. Are we on a road right now that is more supportive of the dignity of human life or less? Like the road that we are on when it comes to name your issue, guns, abortion, immigration, war, you know, all these different things. Are we on the road as a country, as a, as a society, maybe as the West, as we used to say, 
are we on a path that's taking us to life or death? I think we're on a path that's taking us to death. Randy just said uh, wages of sin is death, and I think you can't apply that a lot of ways. Certainly it means death. The reason you die is because, you know, eventually uh, is because you sin. It's in the way, and that's the penalty we pay. That's why Jesus had to die, to get into the the deeper theology and reasons for why Jesus Christ, the Savior, had to actually die. Like, why couldn't God just say, you know what? I love you. You're my creation. I forgive you. Come on up to the big house. Why couldn't God just say, you know what? I love you. And the only condition I have for salvation is that you just say you're sorry. And if you say you're sorry to me, then you get to come to heaven. Why doesn't he say that? There's a reason for that. It's because God is just, like true justice, which is being messed up by a lot of this stuff. And because because true justice requires a balance, if through one person, one man, sin entered the world, through one man it has to be defeated. And Jesus had to die. He had to live a perfect life and pay the penalty. By living the perfect life, by fulfilling the law, essentially, he's the only one who could actually pay off our debt. And then God can say, justice has been served, so whoever believes in me can have eternal life. And then it works. But but blood had to be shed. See? And there are there are that kind of reality. Now, that would say, as a Christian, I'm saying that that is the spiritual reality of the condition of who we are, okay? That there is a spiritual reality that all of us, when we die, that's not the end, that we're just going to, we're going to end up in eternity in one place or the other. That I believe that is a reality, and I believe that you end up with the Lord by believing that Jesus is the Savior, that he died for your sins, that he rose again on the third day. I think that's evidence of the fact that eternal life is possible, that resurrection is real because of Jesus came back, right? We have that faith that if we believe in Jesus, we will walk right through the hole that he punched in death into everlasting life. I believe that to be real, not just sort of religious fluffyism that just made to help you have a better day. I think it's true. Now, other people might have different opinions, but I, I, I think that there is something that is true. And so when you ask the question, where are things going? Where is my life going? Where is the country going? What's the path that we're on? I think that you can see it because there is truth. All right, so when we come back, I want to share with you, I'm going to keep asking this question, and particularly with the transgender issue, because I think that's going to be something that we're going to hear a lot more about in politics. Where is it going? Like, ultimately, what's going to happen? How, how does this get resolved 10 years from now, 50 years from now? What's going to happen uh, on the road that we're on. What do you think? 888-528-2557. When we get back, uh, I'm going to read something that uh, New York Times reported about Facebook and Instagram and something that they're trying to figure out how to deal with because of the multiple gender situation and what that means for what kind of photos of yourself you can post on your Facebook and Instagram. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. You know, five years ago, I don't think anyone even knew this was going on or talked about it, certainly not 10 years ago. Now it's become kind of a cottage industry. And I think what the research has shown in places like Sweden and other places, they reverse course on going down that direction. They started, and no, that's not right, because you have... These are young, very young people, um, and they have all kinds of things that go on, you know, when you're in those years. 
the way to deal with that, and most of it resolves itself by the time they become adults, but the way to deal with that uh, is to provide whatever counseling is needed, not to hack off their body parts. That is not a solution to the problem. That is mutilation, and it is wrong. That is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis speaking to a state about some new rules for what can be taught in universities at a certain level. Basically, it's part of, I think, what they call it as the Stop Woke Act or something. I don't know if that's really the name they use or if that's what sort of media labels it. But um, I'm talking about this subject because I'm asking this question. Where does this go ultimately in the direction that we're going in our country where we're full steam ahead? on transgender surgeries and viewing people as no longer male or female, but as a whole series of different kinds of genders based on all kinds of different factors that in many cases you just decide on your own, that we've moved from a place of of viewing these things from a standpoint of what used to be self-critical, where we would really ask questions and really seek to find what is ultimately true, ontologically true, if you want a big word to write down for later. Ontologically, it's just ultimately a fact. Okay. We've moved from that to now where we are self-certain, meaning that if we say it, if I say I'm a certain gender, then I require that you treat me that way. And it begins with the pronouns that you put down. And then it begins with uh, how you treat me in the workplace, what rights I have, how I apply the law to myself. It's a very odd thing. So where is this going? And I think that's the discipline question for us to ask, certainly as a nation. And I think Ron DeSantis, he's talking about Florida, but he is also, I think, getting ready to run for president probably this summer. Um, I might have some clips. Donald Trump put out a statement today, I think really responding to uh, Ron DeSantis in a way, but going further with things that Donald Trump is promising to do should he get reelected president. Um, Where does this go? New York Times, a couple of weeks ago, last week actually, Uh, put this article out discussing what's happening at Instagram and Facebook. See, right now, and and parents, especially grandparents, you need to know this. There is different levels of pornography that is out there, and a lot of it is on social media. All right, it's on the Twitter machine, and it's explicit on there. It's explicit in some other social media. It's not as explicit on your Instagram or your TikTok or your Facebook, except that there's usually links that would take your child or whomever to explicit pornography. It's just, it's wide open, okay? So if if you haven't figured this out yet, that this is something that's prevalent, that this is something that is everywhere, that every child has access to, every person has access to, and it's private, right? You're not likely to get caught unless parents are paying attention and looking. It's still pretty good. It's really there. So one of the issues, though, is that there are some rules that social media has. So Facebook in particular, which is now the company is called Meta, all right, and they the same company owns Facebook and Instagram. I laugh out loud sometimes when I, I hear people criticize Facebook. I'm not going to be on Facebook. Uh, I'm not going to be on that site ever again. You can find me here on Instagram. It's the same company, just the different format and how they do things. Same people. You know, it's Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, they didn't start Instagram, but they bought it. And now they run it. And has, and so the policies uh, sort of cross over. Okay, so here's here's the issue. The issue is, now I realize this might be an uncomfortable subject, but like I was saying in the last segment, as the church, we need to be able to talk about this. We don't, I think there are ways that we can talk about it without being overly crude, but we cannot shy away. We have to be able to have conversation because 
the only people who are going to be telling the truth about these issues is the church. The only place that people are going to go to get a different opinion about gender, about sex before marriage, probably about abortion, ultimately, is the church. And there, are, there are plenty of people who aren't in the church right now who are on that page. But it's, you can go to those people. I know that some of you aren't believers and that you agree that uh, this isn't right and those kinds of things. It's fine. Uh, and that's great. And I think you have an understanding of how things work, right? But where, do you, where would you go to find people who agree with you? In the media, not too many places anymore. Uh, it's getting smaller and smaller. I think eventually uh, the church is going to be the ones who give a different opinion. And I think it's going to be vital because I think where that's going is you're just going to have a massive, massive group of wounded people, people who are who are physically wounded because of decisions they were led to make because they were told a lie about their gender and they went and had parts hacked off, as uh, uh, Mr. DeSantis says. Where are they going to go when they realize 10 years from now that they wish they hadn't done that? Uh, their hope is going to be the church and love the love of Christ and their creator and the hope of, of forgiveness but restoration of a resurrected body, of all those things. Or people who are struggling with gender dysphoria, where they really do have this struggle, where it isn't just, you know, teenage angst and other things. Uh, you know, as a pastor, you go through this with kids now in the youth group. If you're paying attention, if you're a youth director, and uh, you're dealing with this every day, by the way, in your kids' ministry. You're, and you've been dealing with it for a long time. You're dealing with kids who, we had a kid who was a different thing different gender every year, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior. He he was a guy. He wound up as a guy by the time he graduated, but he was everything in between over those four years. And if he was not in our youth group, maybe he would have gone to somebody who would say, oh, you think that you are uh, really a woman? Uh, here's some puberty blockers that will stunt your growth and will make you a medical patient your entire life. And if that's working for you, there's some surgeries you can have. And then he does all of that, and then he's 18, 19, or 20, 21, whatever the age is, and he decides none of that was true, and you can't get any of that back. That's what we're talking about. Where is that going for that person, of whom there is a lot of them? So what's happening at Facebook and, and Instagram, and this is probably across the board, is the problem is that they have rules right now for what men and women can post. For a simple example, men can post themselves without a shirt on. Women cannot. There are some exceptions, breastfeeding, medical things. There's some exceptions to that. But just if you're posting a picture about yourself, uh, men can post a picture of themselves at the beach not wearing a shirt. Women have to have a top on. That's the rule. If you don't, you're going to get that picture will be taken down. And there's you know lots of fudging that people do and other things, but that's the rule. And that's been the rule. That's kind of been the idea for a long time. If you go to the beach right now, you know, unless you're going to one of those specialized beaches, which I don't even know if they're legal. I think they exist. Uh, but generally, if you go down to Santa Monica or you go down to Pacific Beach or wherever you go to the beach, that's the rule. You're going to see men with no shirt on and women with at least some kind of top on. Right. That's that's what it is. Now, everybody understands why that is. There's always there's always been kind of in, in feminism, this argument that says uh, maybe that's not fair. That's not right. When, you know, why can men do it? And not women, blah, blah, blah. 
And uh, there was a movement a long time ago that said uh, women uh, should be able to uh, to do that. And then they found out uh, that men view women differently that way. So it was causing other problems and object- objectification and stuff. And then there's an argument academically about do I have the right as a woman to have myself be objectified? And, and now what it is is I have the right to do this, but you don't have the right to, to get excited about it. It gets really crazy, but it's still men and women. And the tension is about the difference between males and females, okay? And the difference between how males view females and all that. I'm sure that you're tracking with me. 888-528-2557 is the number. If you want to join this conversation, 888-528-2557. Now the complicated part is, and this is why I'm asking, you know, where does this go? The complicated part is, what if I am a woman and I've decided that now I'm a man? Do I have the right to obey the rules that men have? And so I cannot wear a shirt and post a picture of myself on my Facebook or Instagram. And if I just say, or if I say that I'm non-binary, which is saying that I'm neither a man nor a woman, can I, what rules apply to me then? And so what's happening is Facebook and Meta have this difficult problem. They're going to have to deal with this because if they want to endorse this way of thinking that men can be women and women can be men and vice in all these different things. If they want to say all of this, then they're going to have to find some consistency and they're not going to be able to. Where is it going to go? I think where it's going to go is they're going to say, if you identify as non-binary or trans, then the rules that apply to you are the same as would apply to whatever gender you say you are. I think they're going to do that because that's already what we're doing. That's the case of the naked guy, the naked man in the bathroom at the YMCA, the ladies room. And uh, Santee is the reason that he's not arrested and put in jail is simply because he says he's a man or he says he's a woman. That's it. That's the reason. That's the only reason. I don't know this guy or what he's going through. I don't know that he's if he's just faking it or if he's got, you know, whatever his problem is. But, you know, do you think that people are going to go on their Facebook and Instagram and try to promote their uh, their other sites they want you to go to? And they they take a naked picture of themselves and they say, no, no, I'm non-binary. So the rules don't apply to me. And all they have to do is say it. You know, there's no card. There's no uh, doctor's note you can get, really. You know, how do you do it? See, where this is going is to further people's confusion about these issues, to further the, the availability of, of pornography, which has now become self-pornography. I mean, people are just selling themselves. My friends, this is where it's going. This is why I think we're going to see it as a political issue. This is not just a culture war issue. This is... This is something that's affecting the laws. It's affecting Title IX and women's sports. It's affecting your safety in bathrooms. It's affecting all these things. My friends, what do we do about it? Where is it going? I think we have to ask where it's going. I'll tell you where I think it's going uh, when we come back. i got to take a break. If you want to share with me where you think this is going, give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Southern California Live, Scott Furrow will be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. The left-wing gender insanity being pushed on our children is an act of child abuse. Very simple. Here's my plan to stop the chemical, physical, and emotional mutilation of our youth. On day one, I will revoke Joe Biden's cruel policies 
on so-called gender-affirming care. Ridiculous. A process that includes giving kids puberty blockers, mutating their physical appearance, and ultimately performing surgery on minor children. Can you believe this? That was former President Trump announcing his plans for her to become President Trump once again for what he will do in the transgender issues. And in some way, he's probably responding to decisions being made by Ron DeSantis, who will likely be his opponent, who he calls Ron DeSanctimonious. So he's got a nickname, you know, for everybody. I don't know if that's going to stick or not. But um, the issue here is that I'm asking about is this. Where is this going? I don't mean presidentially or, or politics in, you know, in the in. In that sense, what I mean is this, the road that we're on with this, where does this lead us in the transgender and the whole gender discussion that is, I think, probably when you already have on the Republican side, the top two people uh, already making a lot of statements, building a campaign around this cultural issue. I think we're going to be talking about it like crazy um, coming up pretty soon. Um, where does it go eventually, though, after whoever wins, after, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now? Where do you think the this is going to go? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Joe in Ontario, welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah, this is Joe. Uh, you know, this, this is ridiculous. I mean, uh, we're like a Sodom and Gomorrah. The days of Noah, it's here. I mean, the sports, athletes, women. Men competing with women, not saying anything, everybody keeping their mouth closed. I mean, I don't know. It's all politics. You know, Joe, I uh, think I think most people it. agree. I, I don't think many people actually agree with a lot of this stuff, and yet it's going forward full steam ahead in our country anyway. You know, 10 years from now, where are we going to be in it? I know. I mean, if they're accepting all this, marriage uh, for gays, I mean, what, where are we going? Are we gonna, what's going to happen? We're going to be able to marry a cow. I know. I mean, it's ridiculous. And where does it, where know. does it ultimately go for us as a society? Like, what's the road that we're on here? Is it is well, it a place where we're going to find some mutual agreement, or is it going to blow up in our face? It's going to be like the Roman Empire. It, it, their decline was because of gays and lesbians and all this that's going on now. Well, there was a lot of immorality <laughs> that went on with that. And Joe, you're right about that, that, uh, you know, in, the, in uh, thank you for calling Joe. You know, I think that he made a good point there talking about the Roman Empire. Most people agree that the reason that empires or strong countries fail is moral problems. Ultimately, it is rot from within. It's usually not that they just get taken over by some other group. That happens eventually, but it happens because of the weakness that has happened within the nature, the, the, the organization or the country, uh, the culture morally. And it's because of this. It's because there are things that are true and there are things that are not. And if you're trying to live against the things that are true, you will eventually get smacked by it. And that is going to hurt. And that's what I think. Here, here's what I think. And, and this is a place where we need to, I think, look forward, but also be very compassionate, Okay. Now, we're going to be told this is not compassionate. You're going to be told this is hate. Okay. Uh, I don't think it is. I think that where we're headed 10, 15 years from now is with, unless we turn the ship around somehow, with so many, it's about 1% now of people, I think, identifying as trans. I think that number is growing in the, in the younger generations. It's a very large number, depending on the 
statistic you look at. How many of those people are going to take puberty blockers, are going to become medical patients? You're a medical patient for life if you go down that road. How many people are going to actually get the surgeries and things? And then how many people are going to be happy about it? I think it's going to be very few. See, the argument that's made to parents today when their child says, I'm trans or I'm this and I want to have top surgery or bottom surgery, do I need to explain what that is? It's the worst thing you think it is. It's the removal of body parts so that you can look like the other gender physically. Um, I think that people, when they get older, are going to find, as so many people are finding today, we're already having testimony after testimony of people who would like to detransition or people who are warning against it, things they didn't know, and particularly if it's kids. It's one thing if you're an adult and you've got at least some sense of things of how the world goes, and I still don't think you should do it, but it's different if you're 17, if you're 15, if you're 13. Think about yourself when you were that age. What did you know really in this world? Well, I think what's going to happen is the parents are being told today, you need to do this to your child because would you, they're going to commit suicide otherwise because they're going to be so depressed and messed up over it. Uh, so would you rather have a dead son or a live daughter? That's what gets told. That's the statement. I think that 10 years, 20 years down the line, you're going to have mass suicides. I think that it is... I, that's my opinion. I think that this does not end well for people who go down this road because especially young people who are probably going to just would have just otherwise worked it out by the time they're 18, 19 or 20 and remained uh, male or female. Maybe they'll be homosexual. You know, there's other things that are a part of that. But without taking drugs and without having surgeries and life altering things, see, when you do that, you're a medical patient for life. You are not very likely to have a, a normal uh, sex life, fulfillment in that way. However, you, you're not going to. That's one of the things that's happening now is that apparently if you're not willing to date somebody who's trans in the date world, uh, then you're some kind of bigot. It's not why it is. It's because it's not real. Reality is, reality is persistent. It just is, my friends. And where this is leading is to mass death and sadness and grief and a culture torn apart. That's why we've got to speak about it. And we've got to find a way, too, to also be able to show kids in particular that there is a different way, that there is counseling, that there is growing up to do, that some of these things people go through and it's okay to go through them. Let's go through them without harming yourself. The whole idea that you have to you know, the idea is that if you wait too long, then you go through puberty, puberty and then everything's going to be harder. That's what your body's meant to do. And there are so many side effects and so many problems that are developed because of that, that when you're 12, 13, how do you understand that? My friends, we're, we're living in a time where people just lie. All right, let me see if I can get to one more call here. Chris from Whittier, welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah, everything you said, uh, Scott, the gospel. I'll, I'll just add one thing to it. If this society can untether themselves from a concept that is rooted in obvious evidence, obvious, verifiable biology that has been time-honored since the day the human beings crawled upon the planet, if we can untether ourselves from that reality, then there is nothing that the society can't untether themselves from, including honoring life, including the use of what purpose a human being is what purpose they could be used for. I mean, we're talking the worst of science fiction uh, becoming possible 
because if you know this is this this concept of male and female is so foundational it's so tactile it's so in your face and in your visual if we can as a society say nope that's not reality no longer then what saves anything else yeah now, that's where i think we just we out. just blow up eventually yeah from a nation that used to honor god almost universally to a nation that is questioning um, God's most obvious um, designation of male and female. That's what scares me, and in a strange way, I'm kind of glad I'm in my uh, 65, 50 year. I don't know what it's going to be like here in 20 years if the Lord doesn't come back. Well, I was reading something the other day that said uh, you're going to be able to take a pill and just keep on living, so uh, don't get too excited. Just kidding. (laughs) God bless me. All right, thanks, Chris, for your call. All right, you know what, friends, it is a hard subject, and I know that. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, it's maybe it's uncomfortable and stuff. I think we've got to get out of that. We've got to find a way where we can speak about it and be able to calmly speak truth into a culture. Because at the end of the day, in all of the mess, when you when you filter out all the politics, this is what I found out in ministry. And this happens in your youth group. It happens in your your small groups in your church. There are people in your church who are going through this and they need to be at a place where they can be loved the way they are, and where they can have input from people who say, you know what, the wrong thing to do is these surgeries, and the wrong direction is this, and to really get to know people. Because what also is happening is in so many of these cases, there are people who are just hurt from all kinds of other stuff. I mean, the, the worst cases of abuse I've ever heard, and I've heard some terrible ones from people. I like to say to people, they come to me for counseling, right? And then I say, you know what? Tell me whatever. I've heard it before. You're not alone. And almost all the time, that's true. But sometimes people lay stuff down in front of me that's stuff I haven't heard before, right? And it's awful. And some of the worst of it is the sexual abuse and physical abuse, mental abuse that has happened to kids who then are teenagers. And a lot of what happens is they're dealing with these kinds of issues as they go through puberty and normal, normal growing up stuff. And it's a mess. And by not acknowledging that, by not peeling back the the pathology of what human beings go through and what sometimes people have suffered from, it's not loving. And that's, I think where I'm just going to leave it here is that by not addressing those things, by not dealing with the reality of the situation of, of where human beings are, you might be called unloving and hateful to not go that way. But the opposite is true. To ignore what is reality, to ignore what is true, to ignore what is real is decidedly unloving. It is selfish. It's because I don't want to deal with the, the social pressure. And I want to, I don't want to deal with the, you know, people who say I'm a bad person because I don't follow this. Uh, it's not about the other person. It's about you. Once again, it becomes self-certain instead of being skeptical. All right. I'm going to uh, end for that. Thanks for listening. You can always write me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And I will be back with Hour 2, new subject, Hour 2, as the Tuesday edition of SoCalLive continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.